Welcome to Savage Starlight, the officially unofficial podcast for The Last of Us on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode eight, When We Are in Need. Aaron, I'm in need of a bunch of awards to give to Bella Ramsey. That's what I'm in need of. Uh, yeah, this is... <laughs> wow. Incredible. Incredible work. Second watch, yeah, I was just totally blown away by her. Um, great pick for Ellie. Great pick, it turns out. How do you feel about this episode on uh, second watch? Oh, I, I liked it. Um, I, I mean, no, I loved it. I mean, I think like I said, I... Um, arguably the apex, the last of his experience, you know, this is like the, 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 the best part of the game. Um, uh, the, the, the thing that's most surprising, like when you're playing it through again, the fact that, you know, like, oh my God, I'm now this 14 year old girl, this is going to be an interesting change. And then all this shit happens to you. Um, and all the things I like about the the video game uh, are intact. In fact, I I, mm-hmm. I called this in the uh, in the instant take that this is like the select a director's cut of the video game. Like all the little nice nuances and things that they would like to put in there, but they didn't have time or they couldn't because of the format. They're getting it in there now, and I, I stand by that. Like I just feels uh, not that the game version is bad. I'm looking forward to replaying that very soon. But the fact that um, it, it just works. And I think humanizing David's group, um, getting to know them a little bit better makes it work even, even, even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bella Ramsey, like you, you mentioned, like this has got to be the acting equivalent of like running a marathon yeah. um, or a decathlon. Maybe a decathlon is a better example because that's just, you know, marathons is doing the same thing for a long, long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Over vast, uh, over long distance, the decathlon. You know, she's hurdling, she's throwing discus. There's comes a javelin. There's a shot put. There's a sprint. You know, she's just. I think she had to do everything in this episode except for be funny, uh, which she's mm-hmm. already covered in previous episodes. So I, I thought it was excellent. Um, I have a few quibbles. I still, I still think it's weird that. I, I still feel like there is the episode is kind of like hopping on two viewpoints about this this uh this this um this group's cannibalism. You know? Okay. And like how long they've been practicing it and how kind of, you know, how how unhinged is David and all that kind of stuff. But like I it bothered me less to you know, after I knew it was coming and I'm like, I understand it's the kind of story they're trying to tell. I'm curious, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I think that cannibalism stuff is a little bit messy. Um, and we'll talk about that in some of the specific scenes. But uh, other than that, I mean, this is an amazing episode. It's got all the action you could want, really. Um, and just an emotional punch that is off the charts at, at the end. Like, it's amazing how quickly it brings it all home in those last couple of scenes. Um, yeah, where where you get moments with Ellie that are terrifying and cathartic and uh, super the the way that they like effectively turn her into uh, this is getting at like the core of the relationship between Ellie and Joel right this Mm -hmm. father daughter uh, protector protected it's not quite that black and white here but um it's it's definitely getting to the core of their relationship and yeah it's it's the emotional crux of the thing and it really worked for me yeah and I, that 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 um 
that crux of the thing, I think, is what's interesting and what makes the video game play so well is because, you know, I remember when you're playing this 10 years ago and you're like, oh, I'm I'm Ellie. I'm doing this kind of hunting thing. Well, this is kind of like a fun little diversion. And she gets mm-hmm. in a little combat. She gets abducted. Uh, you're thinking that like, oh, eventually I want to switch back to Joel and Joel's going to come in here with a size 12s, kick in some doors and set things to right. But uh, Ellie is is not forced to like Ellie just goes about the business of saving herself the entire time. Like mm-hmm. every time she sees an opening, she takes it. Uh, she eventually does save herself. And, you know, Joel just is kind of there to literally pick up the pieces, you know, to provide some comfort yeah, to, right. you know, to like put a definitive period on it. Like, Oh, the nightmare is now over. Cause cause dad's here. But you know, Ellie well, had yeah. to save herself. Right. And I, I love that moment for, Ellie, obviously, but I also really like that moment for Joel because, like, you think about what he's been worried about for the last few episodes. It's about whether he'll not or not he'll be able to protect her, and seeing sure. that she's able to protect herself to a large degree is and him uh, in this episode is, I think, has got to be somewhat um, satisfying for him, right? But on the other hand, I think there's also a tinge of I she went through something that I wasn't able to protect her from. And True. there's definitely like she physically is as rattled, he can protect her, but or she's she as rattled herself, as I've, I've I've ever seen her. And, oh, uh, yeah. you know, going forward, you know, that's the thing about Ellie is like we've wondered at different points. Like, you know, she had this lightness about her, you know, the still kind of like, um uh, that this this a kid clinging to her to where she could you know have fun and do comic books and do drawings and play field hockey and sewers things and stuff like that and every time something like kicked her in the teeth it's like you know maybe it takes a while to come back but like eventually she kind of got that back you know is this going to uh fundamentally you know transform her into something kind of darker because like I think. David was on to something when he's talking about her having that heart of violence. I think this is something that they've leaned into a little extra hard on the TV show that like maybe maybe Ellie's kind of like fucked up, like maybe more baseline fucked up than other kids in the the pandemic even. Um, Does she have a shot at a quote unquote normal life? What is a normal life? You know, that... um, I think that's uh, at the end of the, the the end of the episode is is definitely something you're supposed to to question. Yeah, I think looking back on the the series to this point, I'm not sure that's really working for me. I don't know that they've told me the yeah. story of why Ellie would be like that. It, it, maybe they're just wanting to say it's it's her nature, right? Some kids are just that's how they are. Um, it but seems... I, it, it's been it's worked the least for me. It's not it's not as interesting to me as like the 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 changes she undergoes on this journey. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny. Cause I think it's like you, what, you know, different things jump out to different people in a story. And I feel like we're definitely seeing like what the things that jumped out to Craig Mason, um, uh-huh. or the things that his interpretations or his kind of a spin on it. I was curious. Cause you just played the video game a couple weeks ago. Is it, is it like, do you play the entirety of the Ellie sequence down to her escaping from David and then it flips to Joel waking up in the room and then you catch back up it? Or do they interleave that at all? I, I think it's just one time. You switch between you switch to Ellie and then you switch back to Joel, I think. Okay. Cause I'm wondering like where do they leave that? What did they leave Ellie? Like, are you done? Like uh you you've killed David and you've had that thing and then or cause I I I was trying to think of how they did that in the video game. 
because like it seems like you would be yeah, flirting with the anticlimax no matter what because i remember like when you get because uh, I, I was wondering if like they they you go to the point where ellie is in the cage and then yeah, they cut to joel because I remember, like, I thought mm-hmm. I when I was playing Joel, it's like you just have this, like, you feel like Joel. Like, these guys are on uh-huh. you, and you wake up, and there's no Ellie. But you know what the fuck Ellie's been up to, and you just like, I am an avenging angel. It's time to go bust up these people. And mm-hmm. then as you get, like, you know, to the steakhouse, it kind of fades back out and goes back to Ellie's view from the cage on. Yeah, it must do that. And then I when she busts like, out, that's, that's when it, it, it gets back together. Because, like, man, I, I'm i curious to play that again because I'm really wondering how those beats. Because, like, interleaving it just, I think, works so well. Uh-huh. Because from an audience perspective, you you got to be thinking exactly like we were when you're playing a video game. Like, Joel's big Joel's going to come in here and he's going to save the day. Mm-hmm. and there's this you know kind of like tension and suspense because he's getting closer and closer but it's like oh my god is he not going to make it is he not going to make it mm-hmm. um it's yeah it's great yeah it's very tense uh i thought that this entire episode with the exception of maybe the cannibalism stuff uh worked perfectly uh i noticed that uh Hollywood the the Hollywood reporter said that the last of us this episode hit a one day total of 8.1 million viewers up 74 mm-hmm. percent from the season premiere you'll recall this thing premiered to about five million and it's been gaining steadily since but um it's just under the house of the dragon audience yeah coming up onto the finale that I I had a pretty good idea of what this show would be in terms of success, but I got to say, I did not expect it to do to, to get close to house of the dragon. That is mm-hmm. pretty fucking insane with the, the lead in that it had. And, um, you know, the, no, I mean, the it's a testament the- to the writing. I mean, the, this show has been almost, almost perfectly written in my eyes. I mean, this is the the second time that I've been thoroughly impressed by Craig Mazin's work. Neil Druckmann obviously is he he wasn't sure about writing television when he started, but he did a great job um, so far. There's one episode they could shit the bed still, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm blown away. I think it's been great. Apparently, the audience actually... has has felt that way too, right? Are you actually even a little bit worried that they're going to fuck up the finale? Zero. No, yeah. No, no, in no, no way. Yeah. In no way. The, yeah. the finale is so good that it, it's really hard to fuck that up. And they've done yeah. such a great job with more difficult material up to now. So, yeah, I, I'm fine. I would literally bet the house. I would literally get a more second mortgage <laughs> for the value of my home and put on Vegas if I could about Neil mm-hmm. and Craig not fumbling the ball. Because I, I really feel that uh this is going to get universal acclaim and people i i man i I have been thinking about the last of us too and trying to figure out that little gordian knot and how to Mm -hmm. how how to properly tell that story and man the more i think about it the more it's like i oof that's a task i'm glad i don't i'm not responsible for um but yeah is what i would tell them be bold (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is the kind of adaptation that like people are going to talk about the way that, you know, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, like this is the definitive thing. This is for video games. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is something that captured all the feel was perfect. Great, smart adaptation choices, uh, mm-hmm. smart on when they expand, smart on when they contract. Um, yeah, I, I and, and also like this episode is kind of short. 
I remember we were thinking like, oh my God, how are they going to get to everything with all that we, you know, you got to do the David thing and then you got to do the, the end stuff. Like what, how, how's this going to work? They only needed like 42 episodes, minutes to tell this story. Like this was mm-hmm. 47 minutes with intro sequence sequence and credit sequence. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they know the what to do in terms of pacing. Is, the finale is not going to be any longer. So is it? I don't know. I haven't, I didn't see any. I've heard it's supposed to be. Um, I wouldn't imagine. Minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine because I was because I, I, you know, that's the other thing I was thinking of. Like, there's not that much real story. You know, when mm-hmm. you take the game elements of like, you know, uh, getting from point A to point B and fighting a couple of uh, monsters and a couple of uh, dudes this way or that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also made that's the other thing thinking of Last of Us Two is. There are certainly bigger set pieces in The Last of Us 2 and bigger kind of levels and whatnot. But like your experience of traversing those is probably going to be like the hotel in the f- second episode where it's like obviously this big plot and they're going up and down floors and doing other stuff. But like you just see it in little vignettes where it's just like, OK, they're in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Now they're in the hallway, uh, hallway collapse. Now they're going up a one level. Now it's like but it's it's not like the two hour slog. It is not not that it's a slog. It's not the two hour experience that you Mm -hmm. get in the game so like yeah i'm yeah i mean this sequence in the game with david took me half a dozen replays to get through because i was not uh playing very effectively and so it took me an hour maybe to get through that you can do this whole sequence in two minutes in a tv show yeah, yeah, because it's uh, this is the golden run, Ellie. She's speed running it. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I know, I mean, this uh, a lot of those. Uh, but yeah, this end sequence in particular was very tricky because you don't have any weapons. You are mm-hmm. in this burning building. This guy is stalking you. He's never more than like fifty feet away. Seems like he can, you know, hear you all the time. And all you can do is crawl between tables and mm-hmm. try to keep out of his line of sight why you try to f- look for an angle to get you know to get an opening in on him and and he's like a like blur said, whereas if whereas when he gets his hands on you you're done you're done yes. there's no chance to fight back right yeah yeah um and it's also i think i think it was i remember the first few the first time i played it wasn't clear exactly what i'm supposed to do uh-huh you know, like if he gets me and I'm dead as soon as i do like what the how the hell do i beat this guy you know mm-hmm. um and I think I again I felt like uh, I said this on the instant take that I um, I find it particularly effective emotionally when I'm being chased by something in a video game. Uh, it really makes me feel like you know the little boy having a nightmare and he just can't get away from a monster. And it's you know I've, I've had that with zombies, I've had that with space monsters, I've had that with all kinds <laughs> of different stuff. But the as scary a, a video game monster I've ever been chased by is this David guy. And the sure. amount of like adrenaline you get when he's up on you, like he's close to you. Um, and I felt like the game, this, this television show, and it's just with Bella Ramsey's just uh, like animal frenzy and desperation to get away. Like they sell that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see uh, what I've, I can't wait to see what people, cause I haven't looked at, I haven't cheated, looked at the feedback yet. I uh, can't wait to see what people think about it, and I'm I'm just just so excited to experience the finale with everybody next weekend. This weekend, yeah. I mean, I saw how people uh, were excited in the uh, instant take, instant talk section, I guess, uh, on YouTube. 
So I, I know people are really responding positively to this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, next week is going to be another tour de force, I think. And I, I'm a little sad, you know, that it's the finale next week. I do wish this could yep. go on longer. But I also know yep. that if they tried to just pad this out for the sake of it, it would get worse. And that's not yeah. what I want. Yeah, and it's a fine it's a fine line. And also uh kudos to the Last of Us community. Like um similarly to experiences we've had in Game of Thrones, you know, where there's like some big reveals, big secrets, there's some people that know that knowledge. There's the people just watching the show that don't. Um I felt like the community overall's been very respectful. There hasn't been a lot of just like trying to spoil people for the sake of spoiling it. So yeah. one week to go. Let's be cool. And uh, <laughs> make sure everybody everybody gets the full impact delivered. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the recap. Yes. Now's the time to endure and survive. We'll be back with more Savage Starlight. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, we're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Just so we're clear about back there, it was either us or the ad. Welcome back to more Savage Starlight. We start off at a cold winter town by lake. We'll learn that this is Silver Lake, a winter resort. A preacher reads from the Bible to his flock about the coming new earth, then comforts a sad girl named Hannah. She asks when they can bury her father, and the preacher says, in the spring. Then afterward, the preacher asks one of his guys, James, how much food they have, maybe a week or two. He questions the guy's faith and then invites him hunting. It's a scripture that I am... Very familiar with Aaron having grown I've up. I've had the 
Yeah, yeah, I've had to read this to over a hundred householders when I was knocking on the, the people's <laughs> doors as a as a Jehovah's Witness. This is uh, one of the go tos, uh-huh. you know. It's a great. It's like yeah, it's like essentially uh, God in the closing chapters of the Bible is essentially promising that uh, hey, this is a world of shit, but uh, no matter what happens to you, I can make it all better. Um, all that mm-hmm. death, all that pain, all that mourning, going to be washed away out the um, window. Yeah, I I do wonder. If David's group, what the fuck? You've got six months here at this resort, and the best you can do for your church sign is an old, dirty white sheet with some shoe polish writing on it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, there's no you, you, no arts and crafts. There wasn't like a, a macaroni type of uh, construction paper thing. They, you they done can't afford the, the macaroni. They ate all that macaroni. They yeah. ate, that's just true. They they they, they probably had gone. a dried macaroni uh-huh. sign. <laughs> and just... Two weeks ago, they climbed up there and <laughs> and they cut it down and they boiled it uh, mm-hmm. with one of those sad cans of tomatoes. Yeah, uh, and one of their husband slash fathers. <laughs> so can I ask you this? When hmm. They are talking about their supplies. Are they speaking in code here? Are they when they say a week or two of rations? Are they including the corpses? Uh, they gotta be. They gotta be right because otherwise, is I, in on it. He knows for sure. Yeah, yeah. But like when they so that's what I'm saying. Like it's a little messy here because I think in the video game it's a lot less ambiguous. Them. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe we just, we just don't understand. We just don't know David's side of the story. But showing that, like, I now have questions because if you're still a couple weeks away from running out of supplies, why are you doing cannibalism now? Is it just a kind of like a quality of life? It's like, well, might as well introduce some human meat while we still got some beans and tomatoes to to fill it out with, or. No, I think the it's other- that that includes the the bodies they have hanging in the storehouse. Mm. So do you think they've eaten human flesh before? Uh, yes, I think so. So then when they that guy comes in with the big Tupperware container of fresh meat that's clearly human meat, why mm-hmm. does the cook balk and be like, well, what's this? You know, Th- this is so. So this is the beginning of my problem with the cannibalism side of this episode. Okay, okay. Because so you're there this woman is the the former now wife of yeah. the guy who died alec right the guy that joel the killed. widow sure she does not seem to know i mean that's my question like when he comes in and says like oh it's venison she either doesn't know um and she's asking because like she needs to know how to prepare it or something as the cook or she does know and she's asking what do i tell the people this is and if that's the case, then she's knowingly eating her husband or she's I, I'm not actually convinced this is her husband. I, I have so many questions around this. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe especially maybe they... later with the daughter involved with Hannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder if venison until we get there because I always wondered, like, why do they call deer meat venison? Uh, and I looked mm-hmm. it up and it's actually fascinating. Venison is from the roman word to hunt and originally Hmm. back in the medieval times when they borrowed it from the 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 latin it was anything any game like if you got it from the forest if it's a if it's a boar if it's a rabbit if it's a elk a deer it was all venison Hmm. and modern usage uh it almost refer it exclusively refers to any kind of deer meat doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. species it's just deer meat 
But I wonder if they're kind of a hinting, like when they're saying venison, it's, it's going back to the original meaning of like, hey, we just found it in the forest, you know, Hunt, hunted game. Sure. But that's the thing is, like, I don't know if, if someone would ah, if someone would give me a pile of diced human, if I'd be like, this is weird meat in the sure. same way that like tell, honestly. But like, would you be able to tell it from deer meat? Like if you were doing de- like processing Maybe. a deer, like if someone, you know, had a whole bunch of deer meat and then gave you like obviously chicken, but if someone even gave you like pork, pork, mm-hmm. yeah, like the meat's coloration's different. It's marbling's different. Like, I I, I don't know. Um, I've never yeah. seen, never handled human meat. Same here. Uh, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. Uh, right, I'm just like the contrast between because it's like I think that's what the that that the, the widow's face was saying is like I don't know what the fuck this is, but I know what deer meat is, and this ain't it. Maybe. Hmm. Okay. Well, we we can talk more about it when we get to the, yeah, yeah. the scene where everybody's eating because that's where I really have questions. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how you feel. Let's keep on the cannibalism train. Why not? I don't know how you feel about uh, the way in which they rolled out this information. Because here, I, I'm already onto it, right? As a game player, I'm like, oh, they're sure. going down that road. Um, as soon as she asked what the meat is. It, it, did they do too much too early in this? The thing that really stands out to me is the close-ups of them eating ravenously. And I, at that you point, can attribute I think... that just to hunger, but you could also... Yeah. Every time I've ever seen cannibalism introduced in a plot of anything, they do mm-hmm. this shot, this mm-hmm. exact shot yeah. of people yeah. like close up slurping up the meat, right? Wolfing Chewing and yeah, mm-hmm. really, really just making a meal, no pun intended, of the process of them eating human meat. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like that you would have these people eating with gusto because like usually in cannibalism, uh, terms that uh, was I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. first of all that only happens when there's secret cannibalism going on that okay? shot that shot it's only okay, a secret yeah. cannibalism if it's like a reluctant cannibalism it's usually almost always like no uh-huh. one wants to eat it but someone finally eats it and then but like I think the gusto just comes from these people are fucking hungry like we've seen Ellie and Joel when they come off the road like then tucking into the Jackson uh holiday pie meal uh they're they're wolfing it down too it's just mm-hmm. yeah but then they do I, that, they they do that more removed right they they do that slightly more removed you're you're pulled further back you're seeing both of me at the same time not yeah. close-ups of the food going into their mouth them slurping yeah. like licking yeah, that's the bowl. true this was the cannibal shot for sure yeah yeah, yeah. It's a secret cannibal shot. Are they doing too? Are mm-hmm. they doing too much? I don't, I don't know because like my question is: Is the cannibalism supposed to be secret from the audience? I think that you're at supposed point, to at yes. this scene. You're like, oh god, this is a desperate group of people who are on the verge of cannibalism, and they're clearly preparing for it. You know, it's like the reason they're not burying this girl's dad is not because the ground's too hard, although that's a convenient excuse. It's just that uh, sure he's sure. a resource. We're going to keep him around. Until we need him, God for maybe we won't, but maybe we'll need him. I don't know. I feel like, yeah. Um, okay, well, let me that ask you this: fine. his his plan, like we're gonna bury your dad in the spring. He's he's stalling on explaining to the group exactly what they've been doing, right? So is the idea here that he's going to have them eat all this meat, and then come spring, he's going to say, "Well, hey guys, you've been eating humans all along." Uh, yeah. Hannah, you ate your dad like two months ago, so yeah. Uh, there's that. Uh, we don't have a body to bury. H- how does he get out? He's created a situation for himself that is very dangerous. 
Does it he have is, a plan going forward or no? I bet he does not. I bet he's just going to plan on like, look, we live through the winter. Those of us who live through the winter live through the winter. Slap. He's going to read another scripture. Read him mm-hmm. some scriptures about. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there's any pro cannibalism. I mean, that's what manna from heaven was, right? It was human meat <laughs> raining down. <laughs> Yeah, the, most, the Moses just took uh-huh. everyone dying of starvation, cut them, cut them up in the in the desert, and came back uh, from behind the tabernacle. Look, manna from heaven, <laughs> medicine, everyone. baby, found it. Yeah, uh, I don't think it, it it doesn't fit the biblical description of what manna tasted like. But you know what? When the quails, the flock of quails came, mystery, magically provided uh-huh. Israel uh-huh. with meat. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. That's bipedal land chicken that they're serving. That's not <laughs> quail. So. Uh, okay, long pork and bipedal land chicken. Two yeah. new nicknames for human meat. Yeah, yeah. That, we just we just offended all the world's great religions, at least mm-hmm. the, the Abrahamic ones there. Great. Great. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All hail uh, the concept. That's my new religion. <laughs> boy, we're not, we're not even past the first scene here let's let's move on oh before we get past the first scene yeah what do you think of troy baker oh okay we'll have plenty of time to talk about him but yeah troy baker's good in this episode i like i him. thought he was really good it's like i i thought it was so cute that you know because obviously i don't think these voice actors get nearly the credit they deserve certainly mm-hmm. at the time of this video game being released but you know like they, they they weren't nearly getting the the credit they deserved um especially in the video it, game industry yeah Oh, yeah. And I probably still to this day, they don't, you know, like get what they deserve in terms of like, you know, compensation and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cute and endearing. This guy who is a video game megastar, he gets on like a real, you know, quote unquote, real show with cameras and stuff. And he's like, man, I I, I, I really is hoping that uh, that I wouldn't be a, just a clicker. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like he had like such modest expectations for like what they would give him and turns out they you know they gave him uh david second uh in command i thought that was pretty cool part would you say pretty meaty part pretty meaty part yeah uh yeah that's the benefit of having two guys one who a is was involved in the creation of the games and b one who loves and respects video games creating Mm -hmm. the show is that you get to you get those kinds of opportunities because I feel like if you yeah. bring in a director, a writer, a team that is not as into video games, they would be like, uh-huh. "Yeah, let's make him a clicker, or whatever." Just, uh-huh. just kind of get him off the bone to the fans, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, these guys love the source material, uh, and they apparently love the actors who who gave us that source material. Yeah, and I think it shows. I guess we just shouldn't. We should always make sure that that we're not. F- forgetting the audience that doesn't know what we're talking about troy baker is the guy who voices and motion captures joel from the video yeah. games and in this episode uh, he plays james who's the right hand man of the, david i although i because you know we've seen tommy we've seen um marlene's played by marlene we've seen mm-hmm. tommy play a second banana of a you know more established actor i wonder why they didn't give these like why couldn't why couldn't troy be uh, David, why can he have the main role? Ooh. Is his voice too recognizable? But the man is a voice actor. No, yeah, he can change his voice. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably pretty good at that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. So, so here's the thing. I think he is very good in this episode. Yeah. I do wonder if he would have had the chops 
to you know uh, visually pull this off. Um, uh, crap, I don't remember the guy's name that plays David, but that dude definitely uh, had the chops. That dude had the look. That guy had like could bring a lot with just um, a slight change in his eyebrows or you, or whatever. You could believe that he is what he says he is. Scott Shepard is the, the And you can here. see the mask slowly coming off this entire yes. episode. I, and I'm not going to say Troy yes. Baker couldn't do that. I would just say you want somebody in that role with a lot of experience with visual acting. And I think the guy that got nailed it, I, I would love yeah. to see what Troy Baker could do with a the bigger thing is, role. is like, if you ever get to see like Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker doing some of this stuff in their goofy mocap, I mean, it's like it's they're in a black sock with golf balls strategically put all over the body. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's goofy. But like uh, I watched a side by side comparison of them doing Ellie and his breakup in the bedroom. And, you know, then Pedro like mm-hmm. and, and and Bella and like it's good. They're like they're really doing some powerful stuff there. And, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. I, I like I said, I just I feel like there's a little bit of chauvinism here in Hollywood that like, oh, you know, like. Sure. And sure. I think that reflects in Troy's like, oh, they'll probably just make me a clicker. Uh, but what he gets to be is this, the, all the, the mainline cast, except for Marlene, gets to be like the second banana type characters. Who, which are automatically mm-hmm. in the story third banana. I don't know. Maybe when we get the episode or we get to Last of Us two, maybe we can put some of these people in like uh, the 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 top tier protagonist or antagonist roles. Perhaps, yeah. I, I if they can't do it, they can't do it. I'm just saying. I just question whether they can't do it. Seeing some of Troy's oh, sure. work, yeah, yeah. I mean, voice actors when they're acting, even in a booth, right, without all the the stuff attached to them it's still the acting yeah they 100%. are still acting like you watch those recording sessions and they have to to get into that headspace they have to put themselves entirely into that role well we did that the audio drama last year the very belter christmas and mm-hmm. we saw professional voice actors because we had a whole bunch of people you know being belters for us and different things and like it's so great to be like, hey, could you do this line? But and I'm just like, you know, trying to gesture at what I'm getting for. They're like, all right, what about this? And they do it and they just fucking nail it. And I'm like, God mm-hmm. damn, uh, that is that is talent, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, at the same time, look, I, I want to praise them for doing what they've done, which is giving these people at least medium level roles instead of the bit parts that they would have. Yes. Uh, in just most buried under makeup this is just in like a yeah. few frames of yeah yeah no I, I it's better it's just like I think 10-15 years from now I wonder if you did something like this if you wouldn't give him like starring roles but, well I mean video games are going that way right like video games are hiring people from Hollywood to come true. be the actors in their games so I, I think it's gonna all meld together much much the way that like TV has done because we used to see a divide between television and movies and you would say, oh, the movie actors are the serious actors. And then you've got the people on TV just doing kind of weekly work and whatever. They're they're nothing special. That has changed. Like television is just as respected now as movies are. I think it'll happen also with video games. We just have to give it time. Well, it's funny because like and I, I. I apologize to the audience for the indulgence in this because we're like 32 <laughs> minutes and we haven't made it three minutes in this episode. Uh-huh. It's interesting. I think this is an interesting conversation because like if you recall, The Last of Us was at the center of this because Elliot Page, who uh, formerly is Ellen Page, mm-hmm. uh, was in his big high profile video game where they licensed their 
face and voice and put that model as that actor and was billed as, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that. The Last of Us essentially took their face and likeness and made it Ellie. Uh, and those those games came out at the exact same time, and there was huge confusion because there was huge promotional push about like you know uh, Ellen Page is going to be in this act. That they were with a bunch of other different Hollywood actors, so there's all this publicity about oh a video game with this person in it, and there's another video game that ended up being much bigger that also looked like they had this person in it, and for I mm-hmm. guess years this person got like oh I loved you in The Last of Us, and like thanks I didn't get a fucking dime for that, didn't get any. Uh, it's like The Last of Us is kind of like because of its uh, sophisticated storytelling and its sophisticated acting, you know, digital acting for its its era. Like I feel like it's constantly it's doomed to be just at the at the the epicenter of this argument about you know quote unquote real acting versus digital acting versus mocap versus. Yeah, you know. I mean that's how change happens, right? Somebody needs to step right. out on that, that branch. Which ten years before you're even arguing whether Andy Serkis was eligible mm-hmm. for an Oscar for his work on, you know, Peter Jackson's films as Gollum. So it's like right. you can see the evolution and it's funny that The Last of Us was at the center of it twelve or ten years ago and it's it's at the center of it today. Uh-huh. All right. I'm All right. I'm done. I'm Next done. Scene? I'm done with Troy Baker. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ellie examines Joel's wound. It's not getting any better. He's not drinking. They don't have any food left, so she decides to go hunting. She takes Joel's gun, ventures out into the woods, um, manages to shoot a deer, but it runs off. And by the time she catches it, James and the preacher, David, have found it. Um, she points a gun at them, strikes a bargain to trade for medicine, and David sends James back to get it while he stays with Ellie. Uh, we covered a lot, quite a bit of ground here. I, yeah. I, you know, th- this episode, they, they make a mention of how this episode is the cold episode, the the bitter mm. cold episode. And you feel it in every frame. I mean, mm. the down to the type of snow, down to when Ellie falls on her face early on ch- chasing this rabbit and she looks up, you can tell the snow that is sticking to her face is frigid, just Everything about it says I'm cold. They paint their their faces with you know the the flush from the cold. Um, still have red ears, red uh, cheeks, red eyes, and I definitely felt it. the The one place I didn't feel it is in the breathing. I rarely saw a breath that was coming out in clouds in this episode, and I don't what, know why. I don't know because I they I just filmed you're in the cold. It's it's not like it's digital snow or anything this is actually canada in the winter yeah they mentioned they filmed this in february in calgary and i'm uh-huh. just looking at the weather report for calgary today it's eight degrees fahrenheit right um by I all means there should be, see the we breath, should be able to see maybe, their breath i don't know what's going on here what effect maybe there's the humidity or something i i don't know yeah I don't know. Could, but you're right be. you're right because it's not they didn't fake any of this it seemed and no. not, not only was it cold um they had these enormous fans blowing the, the oh, cell, God. that thing. It's like, can you even and like none of them are dressed properly either. Like I was mm-hmm. watching Pedro Pascal stumble through with like essentially two layers of T-shirts and, a, a, you know, a, a decent jacket. It's not zipped up. No one. He doesn't have gloves. He doesn't have a hat. I'm like, oh, my God, you must be fucking freezing. And oh, yeah. Bella Ramsey's talking about holding that gun for like five minutes during a take and like feeling her fingers kind of going numb. And, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I don't know. The breath, the breath effects are kind of weird. Um, maybe uh, they digitally removed them because it's interfering with their performance. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's so much of it. Just couldn't see their face at all. 
Um, I liked, uh, you know, like Ellie's doing what she can do for Joel here. She's dabbing drops of water on his lips. She's giving him like uh, a broken potato chip size serving of beef jerky, I think. Yeah, um, something. But all this, like you can tell, like uh, her, you know, going out and walking and then tripping and falling on her face. Like it's it does look like a person trying to ape their dad. Right. And then she finally totally. lines up on the deer and she hits it and it stumbles and runs off. She's like, holy shit. And my favorite detail is her using her big girl voice <laughs> when she rolls up on Call this her like, contractor voice. <laughs> is it, is it con- she's like, hey, drop the gun. You know, it's like, just, uh-huh. just, it's, it's really funny. She's trying to sound as big and tough as she can be. Uh, mm-hmm. And also matching their bravado. Like, hey, we're from a big group. I'm from a big group, too. Yeah. Uh, but like, she's completely transparent and her eagerness about you know maybe we can trade something you know we've got boots we've got medicine you know something for infections Mm -hmm. uh just perks up right there yeah it's interesting like you know with the idea that david has in this episode everything happens for a reason right right well this is kind of one of those in some ways uh happy coincidences in other ways very very unhappy but if she doesn't find these people i don't think joel lives i think joel dies of infection Yes, I was. Uh, I I I had similar thoughts later on in the notes. Yeah, that there, it everything does happen for a reason. She needed to find these people, and uh, God, the cost of yeah. this though. I mean, that's the thing. You know, Joel's paid a pretty heavy cost this entire series for protecting Ellie, keeping her safe. Yeah, and now Ellie is paying a cost to keep Joel safe. There's this this give and take here in the, their relationship, and it's. Sad to see, but also heartwarming. I don't know. Yeah. And I, uh, El- Ellie's also trying to be as smart as she can. Like, I really like the detail of, like, she- why she's holding the gun on David, like, going up to their guns and, like, you know, ejecting all the bullets. So, mm-hmm. you know, if something goes wrong, it's going to be at least a 10, 15, 20 second process to make these guns capable of firing again. And uh, she's, yeah. she's she's being smart. She's being smart. It's just that she, this is literally her first rodeo. Uh-huh. So she's making mistakes. She's given a little bit too much information. She honestly, it is beyond stupid that she confronted these guys about her kill. Yeah, she should have let it go for sure. Yeah. yeah. But if she did, Joel dies. Yeah. No, there, there's that that conundrum. Yeah. Uh, two, two things here to note about David. Uh, first of all, it is the most religious ass opening to a conversation i've ever heard all i ask is 10 seconds of your time (laughs) like you you don't know how many times i've i've been at a door and basically said that yeah uh that is that is the opening for every religious pitch you'll ever hear yeah uh or or it's it's a a door-to-door pitch for sure yeah just get your foot in the door let me tell you about this vacuum sweeper let me tell you about this Mm -hmm. uh, roof warranty it it says i've got some shit that you're really not going to want to believe that you're going to be really yeah. resistant to hearing, but I want you to hear it anyway. Yeah. God, I feel like that works on the very young and the very old. Yeah. You know, like the older, are, they don't believe it, but they're lonely. So to listen and the young people are like, you know, they're just not, this is their first radio. So they don't, they don't know what it's like to get a person in your fucking living room, trying to sell you a vacuum sweeper for two and a half hours. Sure. Uh, the other but thing yeah. about David, is this when he realizes who Ellie is? Does he already know in this scene? Which scene are we talking about? Like uh, the, the scene where she first confronts them with the gun. 
does he does he see a young girl kind of out here on her own and just immediately know who this must be? I don't think it's immediate, but by the time he tells, uh, who, what's who's Troy playing? James. James. By the time he tells James to go fetch the medicine, I think he's figured it out. Okay. I think it like like different pieces. Like first, it's just a shock of like, oh my god, being held at gunpoint, trying to defuse this. Then it's like, oh my god, this is a girl about the same age as. And then it's like, oh, she's got you know a she's person asking for medicine, asking mm-hmm. for medicine because you know you know the guy had to say, hey, the dude stabbed him. There's a blood trail. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's. I don't infection. think it's right away, but I think it's really quick. Gotcha. Uh, All right, let's move on to David talking with Ellie around a fire um, about his community and how he got here. She seems curious. Uh, Then David reveals that she knows that Ellie and Joel murdered one of their guys. And James returns, but instead of letting him kill Ellie, David lets her go with the medicine. And that really confuses James. Uh, I like this scene a lot. This This is a manipulator at work. This is a man who is used to wielding authority in many different ways. Um, and it's it's really gross on second watch. <laughs> it's way grosser than it is the first time when you're wondering, ah, maybe this is just you know two hunters who are out here trying to provide for their people. Yeah, and I the video game the way they get you gain the way they gain your trust as a player as Ellie in the video game is while you're waiting for James to come back the sawmill is attacked by waves of infected mm-hmm. and you have to work together in a very much the same way that Joel and Ellie's been working together like i think even the mechanic of him boosting you up somewhere is you know it's like he's literally playing the Joel role and you're working together and like you come through that like okay i can trust this person and this moment it's such the first time we playing that's the moment where um you realize maybe a step ahead, maybe a step behind of Ellie that like, oh my god, he's talking about me and he knows who I am. He's known who I am this whole time. And instead of like and and I and he's been gaining my trust and I've been trusting him like a fucking idiot. That's the uh, thing. I think if if James doesn't plays, come back with this gun on her yeah. and he doesn't decide to reveal I know who you are, this plan might have worked. Yeah. Why do you think he I, I I think he loved, but I think it's all in the I like the fight, I like the struggle. He could have had an easier time if he just kept this and got yeah. her back to, you know. Um, I'm thinking he might assume this is perhaps his last chance. Yeah, because uh, he goes, to, she goes back with the medicine. capture her, right? Then she's kind of uh, gone. But but that's I don't what want to do anyway. She that's was what his into plan. It. That's what his plan was anyway, just to follow her back. Because that's my yeah. my thought as Ellie. It's like, oh my god, it's there's all this snow. It's like my trail is going to be so fucking obvious, right? Uh, but again, it's, yeah. It's her, if he doesn't reveal radio. this here, I, I feel like he could track her back to where she was staying. And when she sees him, she doesn't immediately go, "I need to lure them away from Joel." She might say, "Hey, yeah. these are the guys who helped me. Let me go say hi yeah. to them, and then they could capture her and kill Joel pretty easily." Yeah, and I kept on on second watch. You you watch how he like you can tell you know speaking of rodeos, this isn't his first time he's dealt with a lippy rebellious teenager that doesn't want to listen to him. Right? Oh, we've it's seen like it he's, with Hannah. Yeah. Well, not that, but like he's like as a teacher, you, you gotta think like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna oh, come across true. Ellie's, you know, and like the idea of like is this the first time he's done this? Mm-hmm. You know, like groomed a child to get advantage of her. I don't yeah. think the answer is. I think I think I don't think the answer is no. <laughs> uh, 
um, from from what he says towards the end of this episode. Yeah. yeah, he says it's something you struggle with for a long time, right? And that yeah. has implications. Um, I, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Uh, we find out in this scene that the Pittsburgh QZ has already fallen. It fell in 2017. Um, and his flock is from there. Uh, I found it interesting that so many of these QZs fall. It's kind of amazing. And this was blind. This was the fireflies work. Uh, uh-huh. you know, he said, yeah, fireflies versus Pedro, you know, like mm-hmm. that old chestnut, like, uh, maybe the, uh, Kansas city was unique in that it was a populous uprising from within, not from outside forces. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, a big testament. This is another thing that the, the last of us track traffics in points of view. You know, is Joel a crazy guy that killed one, killed a loving father in their community? And, mm-hmm. you know, is this, this creep traveling with this little girl? Um, are David a bunch of bloodthirsty cannibals and savages? It's um, very much, you know, the history writes the, the, uh, the victors write the history books. Like that would have been Joel. Like if they had found Joel and murdered him in that basement and mm-hmm. eaten Ellie, then it would always been a story about this one crazy dude that came out and attacked one of our guys, and we had to do what we had to do, and God provided meat that day, you know? <laughs> yeah, or if he didn't end up killing that guy, if that guy killed him, uh, if Alec yeah. killed him. And how this know, whole community wanted to here. kill Joel based on, you know, because that's the other, it's like, how fucked up do you want to think about this? When he sent out guys to scavenge, what they mm-hmm. could were they also under orders to like murder people and bring them back their bodies back if they possibly found i mean they are collecting every other bit of meat they can right deer horse um yeah making sure they they pick yeah. those bones clean so sure yeah. why not watch out for that fungus we'll be right back with more savage starlight we found something to fight for this podcast welcome back to savage starlight uh, all right, Ellie runs back to Joel, administers the antibiotics as best she can, then she curls up beside him. It was a super cute moment. I, I really love the touch of Joel leaning his head slightly in, you know? Yeah. He's basically out of it completely, but mm-hmm. he's registering this affection here. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's super gross when she stabs him right in the wound. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe why. you said in the instant take, this was the scene that got you. Yeah, man. It's the knife in the knee. To me, it's like, oh god. Yeah, knife in knife in knee is 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 pretty bad. But I can't you know, even fuck watch that, that guy. Scene. I I'm like just thinking yeah, how tender sure. that 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 tear is, and it looks so <laughs> swollen and pussy. And you know, Joel's out of it, but like, mm-hmm. I just like, oh, where am I supposed to wear a piss? Like, oh, right in the middle. It just, I don't know, man. It was uh, made the made the blood drain out of my face just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, I did a little bit of reading. I think you're on to something with the major muscle groups with antibiotics. You should just put yeah. them there, put them in the yeah. butt talks or, or some, somewhere like that. Well, I don't know. I could trust myself to find a vein. So, like, <laughs> I'm always going to go with the major muscle group because I can find someone's mm-hmm. ass or deltoid, you know. <laughs> sure. I, that, those are big targets. Trying to hit a vein seems mm-hmm. hard. Indeed. Back at the Lakeside Resort, David returns with deer uh, that Ellie shot. He tells everyone they found the girl who was with the man who killed Alec. Alec's daughter speaks up. This is Hannah uh, and says they should kill them both. So David slaps the shit out of her and says he's her daddy now. Then the kitchen serves up venison and everyone eats, including Hannah. Oh, boy. We got a lot to talk about here. 
there's uh there's something that someone mentioned on the instant talk uh that uh the prayer that david's given where you know bless the food teach us to know by whom we're fed very ironic given mm-hmm. you know by whom they're fed in this episode. of whom we're fed yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but here's the thing is like i feel like i if they have a week maybe two supplies and that doesn't include the bodies. I don't understand why they're including the bodies. I don't. Under, I also don't understand why uh, James would automatically know to include the corpses that they've been trying not to eat. Obviously, this whole time. But they also have been. You know. I. Yeah. I don't know. I. I don't know why it bothers me that I. I know why it bothers me because I feel like they did such a good job of humanizing this this group. Um, that them kind of like pushing the crazy cannibal angle on it felt like an undermining of their own effort to humanize them. Mm. You know, and it, it makes helps again, that they like don't I know that only a yeah. select few of them know. But you're right, yeah. you're right. But it, but 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 and we don't care that everyone else in the community is deranged. Ultimately, we care that David's deranged. And I feel like a, just a, sure. like a deranged in a Jeffrey Dahmer kind of way, where it's like he's going to sexually predate on you and he's also going to eat you. Mm-hmm. Is let I mean again, obviously it can happen, but it's it's less frightening than a person who's kind of normal that is doing this giant power play in his child. You yeah, know, it's like, kind of, still... like I said, it goes back to like, I just feel like in society, we we can't help but portray people to prey on children as monsters. And I feel like it's a disservice because frequently they're not. They're the people that you sure, trust. Sure. They're the people that are kindly. They're the people that look utterly normal because no one lets their children, you know, like no one trusts their children into the care mm-hmm. of a person who looks like a crazy person, right? Yeah, but like that, like I, it's like I said, I saw it in Poker Face. I saw it like like within twenty four hours, two portrayals of like you know vile individuals, not just like they're pedophiles or they're they're preying on children, but they're just they're just vile people. There's gross mm-hmm. people, and um, I felt like that was at odds with the humanization they're doing the first episode. But it's like they were trying to honor the unhingedness of the video game while also trying to do the prestige TV thing. And it just like those two desires got, I didn't hear anything on the official podcast where there was even like a talk about like, Hey, or do we, you know, it's like, I, yeah. Here's the thing I worry about with a portrayal where they don't show someone like this as just truly reprehensible through and through is that you would somehow eventually normalize it. Like I almost want the reefer madness level of, these people are monsters, these people are horrible, because I don't want people to mistake them as regular people with a a flaw. I Mm. I think there's a certain amount of security you get from viewing people who are like, being able to judge these people as harshly as we should be and, and portraying them as just like normal people with, you know, a twist might might degrade that feeling yeah maybe but like i feel like our current research and understanding is that yes they kind of are normal people with the twist I, but, so, but we don't want to ever like get to the point of excusing yeah, this type of behavior right I, I and think, so I've, i think the whole consent and children being able to give it is is a good bulk, bulk work bulwark on that but i i, sure, I think sure. you're meaning to like yeah you you definitely want to maintain the heinousness of certain crimes Right. Um, but but yeah, you're you're also right. I don't. But I don't it also makes say us like more vulnerable because it's a it's a, it's like you say, hey, Perhaps, you know, okay, yeah. 
watch out for ugly people they might murder you but good <laughs> good looking people are like, AO, it's like right. that's like that that kind of information makes you less safe in the real world sure 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 anyway. yeah I, I take your meaning um it's, it's and like a I said, it, it's, to it also is sure. messy. The timelines that they're introducing, like, and I don't know, maybe the maybe they don't care that it's like, you know, are these guys like, were they, you know, we, we joked about this in instant cast, like where they're like, oh, God, I cannot fucking wait to tuck into Gary. But we still have some cans of beans. God damn it. God damn it. I can't <laughs> right. just look at that juicy earth. Like, was it like that or was it like, oh, you know, like, hey, you know, this is the last resort. Like, if we're going to die, we're going to, you know, save all these people, of course, save, string them up, butcher them, get them ready. But we're not going to actually do it unless we're at death's fucking door. And that's mm-hmm. a big difference in terms of psychology. And I feel like they're kind of like, eh, whatever. You guys, what, 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 what do you think? What, 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 what do you guys think? Yeah. You, are these, and I'm like, I, it's, it was a curious choice. Yeah, so in my mind, I, I believe David when he says it's a last resort. I, I don't think anybody is eager to become a kid. Well, I shouldn't say anybody. There are people so James is it, including right? the bodies in their supplies. I think so. I think so. And um, Dennison is just their code name for like. Are they trying to tell us all this with the code? Like they are like, hey, I'm not speaking in code, James, implying <laughs> that they do have a code that they speak in, Perhaps, and Dennison yeah. is the code. It could be. Uh, then what happens when they really get venison? They they call it deer meat. If they say yeah. venison, they mean humans. If they say deer meat, it's deers. They call yeah. it Bambi. They just like, you know, it's Bambi. Uh-huh. Bambi burgers. Bambi. So, so I have another problem with this, and it's the confusion around who are they eating because I think the episode mm. is trying to tell us that this little girl, Hannah, is eating her father and that his Alec's widow is eating Alec. Um but I don't know why that would be the case. I don't know about you, and and I think uh, Bill would probably be very upset by by their methods here if this is true. But shouldn't they be rotating their stock? Like, look, they've got three bodies hanging up. You don't want to just slice into the freshest one. You want to hang that thing up, yeah. slice into the oldest, right? You you put the labels on them that say what date this human was frozen. Right, right. Uh, best and, of, and you, best of consumed before. Right. Yeah, I. But I the think episode wants right. you to feel like this is Alec. No, I and think. the way that David, the way that David looked at the girl when she was eating, like he was like got some kind of satisfaction oh, over this, this like pleasure. little bit of power that he had. Yeah, I hate I, this. That's perverse, man. He yeah, a lot of that stuff started jumping out a lot, a lot earlier in you know, like like the way he takes this, like you know, takes this girl in hand, you know. Um, and the way he touches her upper arm and kind of like lets it's like there's like you you definitely pick up on a lot more tells earlier in the episode when you start watching it with like okay well David's just yes. a piece of shit from the jump and they talk um, about that in the the official podcast how David doesn't reach out and take her hand he reaches his hand out and lets her, her take, take it. it and it's yeah. so manipulative and th- yeah. this is this is the perverse nature of David where he. He's now officially captured this girl, right? And you see yeah. that that's his goal with Ellie the whole time is he uh-huh. wants to make her his. Yes. And he this is him accomplishing that with Hannah. He's made her eat her own father. This is a Cartman-esque, yeah. right? Like it totally it, is. It's making, a power. It's like look at David's face when he looks at her eating her father and uh-huh. it's totally a power play. He's like there's no one here to protect you and not only that, I've just made you do, do something that right. you would never agree to do. Which you can guarantee he's going to keep that in his back pocket for later on when, you know, she, oh, yeah. 
yeah, he can like make her know that like you did something unthinkable. You know, I've never eaten my parents. Right. Fucking, yeah. You're not worthy of forgiveness. You're not worthy of anything right. unless I give it to you. And then exactly. he'll, but he'll do it in a moment where he's offering her exactly that, right? Forgiveness yeah. for something or yeah, yeah, because he's emotionally just in a manipulative piece of shit. And I love all the eating acting. Like you look at Jay, like every, almost everyone's wolfing the food down. Like James, you can see him like looking at the fork and he's just got like the teeniest, tiniest. Like if you mm-hmm. ask a kid to eat fried liver, he just like cuts off the very corner and it's just like experimentally. David's eating it like it's a meal. Like yeah. he's not wolfing it down. He's just like, you know, um, and I thought the mother, the widow, the one who like got the questionable venison, she's also mm-hmm. kind of like, I think she knows She's not ready to say it, and yeah. uh, like, but like, I it feels like that she like I that, that feels like that she knows that this is you know like I said, cults tend to be very gossipy. Uh, they even talk about that in the episode. Like there there has to be some rumors about what we're doing with the bodies of the dead. Um, yeah, I just feel so so bad for Hannah. Like as somebody who grew up in a, uh, a cult that you were essentially unable to leave uh at her age uh-huh you're trapped like what do you do and especially in this apocalyptic world like there was always the option you That's know if, if shit got too bad i i i, I could have run away from home or something if my parents yeah. were terrible uh and, and really went crazy off the deep end with religion i i could have just left there's other societies there's other civilizations right, you can right. you know there's if there's, she leaves there's other... i i mean that, that's the whole thing with ellie right is she's yeah scared she's terrified she's gonna end up alone and i love that throughout this episode the same is true for hannah it's gotta be and if she leaves she is alone and that's one of the things that david preys on is that feeling that you cannot be alone in this world and if you are you're as good as dead and so she is stuck in this and you can see she's not into it she she's saying like all the wrong things in this scene, right? And she's mm-hmm. getting slapped and her mother is standing by doing nothing as this abuse is happening. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And I feel so, so badly for her. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ellie administers more antibiotics to Joel and waters the horse and she spots David and his guys in town. Um, David wants to kill Joel and bring Ellie back with him. And Ellie warns Joel that uh, the guys are coming, gives him a knife, and then she rides off on the horse to lead him away. But the horse gets shot out from under her, and David captures her and sends his other guys after Joel. I want to stop here for a sec. I I guess I I mentioned this last week. I always get a kick out of the fact that the horses are just kept in a garage. And I think it's it's almost underlined the absurdity of it when Ellie feeds the horse the bucket of snow. I I get Mm -hmm. it. It's essentially water. Horse needs water, too. But... What have they been feeding this horse? No um, idea. Yeah, horse meat. and I'd like also like Ellie. Like you can see that some of this uh, bushcraft has uh, worn off on her. You know, when she sees the birds all flying mm-hmm. in unison for no good reason, that that's danger and it's coming from this direction. She instantly goes into this. Felt very video gaming when she's hugging the walls and like slinking around the town. Um, and yeah, I, I now. One thing I was looking for, and I said I would on the instant take, is I was really looking for James to, like, if there's any recognition of what he's wanting to do with Ellie. Because, like, you mm-hmm. know, he was always, like, digging in his heels about bringing her back. Like, I don't, I didn't detect that. I think that David just, like, or I'm sorry, James is exactly what he says on the tin. 
if we bring this person like, you know, if I don't mean to question your mercy, but it's another mouth to feed. Uh, maybe it's God wills for her to die. Like, I, I don't think he's squicked out by what I, I don't think he's aware of what he's going to do to Ellie. Or if he is, he's certainly not concerned about it. Is that you had? Oh, oh you're saying or... James is not aware of David's intentions yes. here. OK, yes. because on second watch, I was definitely seeing David's intentions. You just think about why he's keeping Joel. Uh, or why he's keeping Ellie alive and killing Joel? It's like yeah, but I don't. Well, I don't think James attention. was in on it because I, I that was right. one of the theories that we had. You know that we. But I yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched the whole thing again, and I watched a couple sequences multiple times. Like yeah, there just really isn't any kind of flash of like, I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable with you having this girl at your disposable. It's just we don't need another mouth to feed. This is a pain in the ass. Oh, and, and plus everyone kind of wants her dead anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um and he voices that right maybe it's god's will that ellie dies and there's this whole like semi-confrontation between them mm-hmm. i think I, I don't know james is not as as on board with david's cause as david would want him to be i suppose but what are you gonna do um i like you know ellie riding forth <laughs> into battle with the hey motherfuckers and she just like looses off a couple rounds and then takes off mm-hmm. um I thought that was a really convincing horse shot from underneath her scene. And yes. I'm like, God, how did they do that? Was that a digital? Did you see how they did that? So I saw they had a fake horse on yeah. a, on a dolly rig. Uh-huh. Um, they pulled, but I don't know how that translates to what I saw on the screen because the horse looks fake as fuck. It and does it's look not fake going as nearly as fast as it seems like it's going in the shot. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it looks like the front legs were, were rigged to just like, you know, collapse. essentially collapse when it got uh-huh. to the end of the stop. And it, like I said, it, it was a very convincing, uh, throwing to the ground incident. And mm-hmm. it seemed like it just did a number on Ellie. Like she is concussed, uh, yeah. concussed as they mentioned on the, yeah, her ears are ringing. She can barely keep her. Like she is fucking stunned. Uh, David's like, all right, uh, two, two of you come with me. We're going to take Ellie back, grab the horse. And I'm like, or he says, drag the horse. I'm like, man, can two people drag a horse? However many miles it is to the resort. That's, I I was looking at like the average weight of a horse. It's like anywhere from 900 to 2000 pounds. It's looked like a medium sized horse. I'd say Uh it's it's not like. Let's call it 1400 pounds, 1200. Yeah. Let's call it 1400 pounds. That's like dragging a small car with no wheels. That's. Yeah, or, or like a medium-sized car with no wheels. It's six hundred pounds per person pulling it, and <sighs> if you grab, well, you grab the back legs and sure. But it's not. It's not like a static load. It's it's going to be flopping around. Yeah, it'd it'd be a lot of work. It'd be a it's hell of a lot, lot of, work. of work. They had so many more guys. I would have thought they would put like four people on it because. Yeah. But they think Joel's dangerous, so they they have four what four guys dedicated True. to taking him out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go over to one of David's guys finding Joel's hideout. Uh, but Joel's able to muster just enough strength to murder him. Uh, I didn't even know he could get off this mattress, let alone kill somebody uh, and wrestle with a guy. And I just love the way this goes down. You know, Joel's using every ounce of strength he has just to get this knife into this guy. And the way he keeps it there, the way he like, you can tell he is doing the calculation in his head. If I let this knife go before this guy is completely gone, he's going to take it and he's going to kill me with it. 
And so he has to like use every bit of strength he has. They fall to the floor together because Joel just can't stand. Right. And, and he's holding this knife into his neck because if he doesn't, yeah. he's dead. It's like Wesley and the Princess Bride. He can he can barely stay on his feet, and he's when this guy mm-hmm. falls, he falls, and it's it's a ghastly scene. This guy's face as he's dying Dude. is fucking insane. His eyes wide, bloody, bloody the, the uh, teeth, the grimace, bloody rotten teeth. Oh man, uh, horrifying! I, I will have nightmares about this guy's face as in he, his death throes. It is. It's, it's 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 crazy. I think he spits blood in Joel's face too, and mm-hmm. but Joel. Also, Joel's like Batman in the shadow. Like he yeah. is just like in his inky black and he just comes out just just giant menacing thing with the knife. Um, and you're like, I, I they made a point uh, that one of the uh, I don't know, the, somebody's watching. It was one of the producers or something. And she said that Joel at 10 percent is still better than most men. And I think that's what <laughs> you have to that. These guys are it's been six hard months. If you look at them, they're all lean and oh, except yeah. for David. They're all lean, lean and drawn. Uh, their teeth are bad. Mm-hmm. Like these are not fit men at their at their ape at, at their height of their power. And Joel, yeah. like, also is not a fit man. But he's been eating well, especially of late. You know, um, yeah, that's good. Meals and I, I think. And so, it's like, because like I, I, I'm wondering if there's going to be a lot of people saying like I just fundamentally don't believe a guy on death's door can get up and do the things that he does. And I'm like, I don't think most people can. But like Joel is not most people. Joel also has got dad power activated <laughs> and he's trying mm-hmm. to like he's motivated. Like, I don't know that he gets off that cot for himself. Yeah. But he gets off that cot to, to, to try to save Ellie. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And he p- plays it as a man like, uh, you know, he plays like a man who's like having a hard time and uh, taking advantage of how sloppy and kind of weak these guys are and takes mm. advantage of their own kindness. You know, like he takes a va- this is a classic uh, factions move on The Last of Us where you you mortally wound one of the, someone's teammates and he's kind of set up shop, wait for someone else to come by and check their pulse and try to administer first aid. And then he killed him, too. <laughs> uh-huh sure uh joel's joel's doing so the, all the post-apocalyptic tricks sniper tactic right of wounding somebody out in the open and yeah, then waiting for their screaming. buddies to come so they yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh it's bad, ellie, bad bad business man i wouldn't get in it if you can help it agreed uh ellie wakes up in a cage with david watching her he offers her a new life with their community if she can learn to trust him and boy she's resistant to it uh i you said there's no comedy in this episode i kind of think this scene is funny um where david's like you saw what i did there right like the uh, the other ones want to kill you she says fuck you and let's start with your name eat shit (laughs) this is so ellie that it's comical i love it yeah it's like there's no like artifice to it like her like hey Mm -hmm. motherfuckers pow pow like she doesn't have dramatic speeches she doesn't have it's just just vulgar she just hurls vulgarity uh, yeah, and it's raw Ellie. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and fuck this guy. Like, why give him the the, mm-hmm. the respect? But also, like, David is just like this calm, kind, persuasive. Like, you got to face reality. This part of your life is ending. I'm mm-hmm. offering you a new beginning. Like, it's inevitable. Sell him on the inevitability. Like, there's nothing that can be done uh-huh. about it. It's just going to be easier and say, yeah. It's and uh, he hits on something that is Ellie's deepest fear here, where he tells her. If you don't have me, you're alone. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, Ellie said her worst fear is ending up alone when she was talking with Sam. And I think that's real. And 
he i think he accidentally stumbles into it i think he doesn't really know that but i think that point his point hits home here a little bit because of what he says right now when we go to the ad make every shot count we'll be back with more of savage starlight we're not the cure for mankind but we have your favorite podcast here's more of savage starlight then we go over to Joel, who gets the drop on two more guys, knocks them both out. Then he interrogates them to find out where they took Ellie. It's apparently a resort town called Lake uh, Silver Lake. This scene is the one that gets me, man. I cannot watch that knife in this guy's Dude, knee. I literally says, can't watch it. I can't look at the screen when he's twisting this fucking. Knife. See, I feel the same. I feel the way about the needle with the penicillin. Although That's wild it is. to me, but sure ice cold that if you lie to me I'm gonna pop your kneecap off mm-hmm. like some kind of fucking twist p- top pop bottle like and I'm just thinking is, what would that look like that no would it feel, yeah no yeah yeah um, it's rough and then the whole point on the map thing played serious this time you know this isn't an adorable old couple that are not taking him seriously these are guys who are scared out of their mind and the line where he believes the guy, he's like, oh, nah, I believe. he's like, hey, he's like, why did you do that? He told you what you wanted to know. Kind of like this guy still thought that they were going to walk out of that room. There was mm-hmm. any circumstances mm-hmm. that they, they were going to walk out of that room. And Joel so, beats him to death with the, the, the I, I think it's my I think it's the best weapon in the game. It's the lead pipe. Still, yeah, the lead pipe. I'm, I'm I, I think I think I remember that's like that's like the best melee weapon you can get. It's just. Sturdy, I want to say works. it doesn't kill as fast. It might take two hits on some enemies, where a, a bladed weapon would take one. Yeah, yeah, but it lasts so long. It's so sturdy. It's the best unupgraded weapon because, like you, the other things uh, you have to invest some duct tape and some scissors and some other things into. You just pick up a lead yeah. pipe. It's ready to go. It's totally. ready to beat fools to death with. Here's Although the thing I, I also wonder, like, why is the like the lead pipe should just be with you until you lose it? Like, what? How the right. hell do you <laughs> wear a lead pipe out on people's skulls? Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't think you could. I really don't. Yeah, but it's too good. It's too good. You just cruise through the game. You've had too a powerful. lead pipe. Yeah, it's like if, it's the equivalent of giving you unlimited flamethrower ammo. It'd just yeah. be too easy. Too easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the thing I love about this scene. There's a lot of subtlety at work here. Um it's such a cool line. It's badass moment when he says, it's okay, I believe him, and then bashes this guy's head in. Uh, They're doing a lot of work earlier in this scene to say that Joel had zero intention of ever even asking this second guy. He's, they're, they're, so if you look at what's happening here, he's having a guy with a bloody knife, a very bloody knife, tap a place on a map, and then he's supposedly going to take this map over to the other guy and say, point to the blood spot right right like that's that's what the implication here is that there would be a bloody spot on the map that this guy would obviously notice and just point to there's no way to do the thing that joel is setting up as if he's going to do so he never intended to do it what he intended Mm. to do is and this is the thing that i like it sort of shades his backstory here a bit where he is a bad man and has done some very bad things he's probably able to tell just by this guy's demeanor and the way that the threats are working on him, and not even threats, right? He's got a knife in the guy's knee. And these guys the are way that these threats are targets. working on him, like that they, this they guy, gone. yeah, isn't. That this guy is going to tell him the truth. 
So he has no intention of taking that map over to the second guy ever. Yeah, they haven't. He hasn't been through survival and evasion training. He hasn't been through tor- you know, CIA torture no, workshop. No, he's just a he's dude. Just, he's, he's just a, a yeah, dude. A, a dude that's kind of on his last legs emotionally and physically as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the thing. It's like the the way that Joel that Joel went about. <laughs> I'm very curious about what people think about Joel post this episode because I think some people are gonna have a problem with just how professionally and efficiently he went about this interrogation implying that Mm -hmm. you know like and again it's one thing to hear that like we murdered people joel we did this we did that it's an it's it's another thing seeing him kind of clumsily with ellie kind of you know fucking with the the whole thing interrogating the old people but it's another to watch this guy going to work like jack bauer yeah on some terrorist trying to blow up la it's uh and and just how like yeah what a vicious killing machine he is um Mm-hmm. I do wonder if it's going to change some people's opinion of him. Yeah, certainly could. Uh, all right, Ellie's trying to get out of her cage when she notices a human ear under the butcher's table, so it makes sense that she kicks the food David brings her across the room. Uh, David tries to claim that he and Ellie are a lot alike and that he wants an equal a friend to lead with. Ellie pretends to buy into his bullshit long enough to get close to him, then breaks his finger, tries to grab his keys, uh, unfortunately it doesn't work and she gets a bloody face for her trouble uh, here do you, be- do you believe yeah. that he's serving her deer meat in this scene <sighs> no because of the way he interacts with Hannah earlier no yeah I think he's yeah I, I got that that feeling too that this would be you know, like, like you said, a way to kind of trap her even further. If he can make yeah. her do something unwillingly. Yeah. Yeah. I like the whole point, like when she calls him an animal, it goes, well, that's the point. We're all animals. It's and we're, you know, and just like Joel would kill a man as a last resort, we're doing things as last resort here. Um, And then, but then he gets like unhinged when he starts talking about like he, it feels like he is playing this uh, grooming seduction game on, um, on high speed because he knows he can get away with it. He has ultimate, like this isn't a girl in his seventh period algebra class. Yes. That he has to, this is a person he has complete control over. She has no parents that she can go to. She's in a literal cage and he is just going to dominate her. Yeah. This is the thing where I, I saw it all snapped into focus here for me, who David is. Um, there's the stuff about him always having a violent heart and struggling with that for a long time and how he reveals that to Ellie. Uh, and then he says the world ended and I was shown the truth, um, about by the cordyceps. And I think the truth he's shown here is that it's okay to be who he wants to be. Yeah. He's always wanted to be. He also did something that, uh, I picked up on and was going to talk about. And then, uh, Craig confirmed on the podcast is they cribbed some of the speech from like white supremacist talking points. Like if right. you've heard of the, the 14 words, uh, we must secure the existence of our people in a future for white children. He says that as much about his group. And then I believe the makeup of this group is all white from what I could see. I wonder if they're implying mm-hmm. that like he might have had some, you know, even in the real world, some darker, more sinister things going on in his worldview. Um, Possibly. You know, like what is this like? What? What? How did he struggle with a violent heart as a math teacher? That's kind of kind of crazy. 
but like they're they're really painting him with this you know like crazy unhinged brush um mm-hmm. which again I, i'm not sure if it serves the overall plot but it definitely makes him in this scene be completely uh unhinged and co- just completely abandoned uh, let slip the mask entire maybe not entirely because he's still being until she breaks his finger he's still being nice about it he still has this because he feels <laughs> like he's in control and it's yeah, just a matter yeah. of time but when she breaks it then the mask really slips but uh it's really fucked up yeah i i love bella in this scene she's so good Th- this is where i really start to sit back and just watch her perform uh her her swing from so violent and angry and judgmental right rightfully judgmental yeah. of this guy who's eating who's eating fucking people uh yeah. th- she nails that moment and then she really i think does a hell of a job selling that she is being converted here and obviously i know she's not right like i'm as as an audience member i'm going well okay this is fake this is a ploy to get to him but she sells it man she sells well, it to the point where i believe that david would believe it at least the way they talked about this, I don't remember how it goes in the video game, but like the way she said the word O mm-hmm. was like so perfectly calibrated to like as an audience member, I immediately saw that she was like, I, hmm, I try to think of like, cause I, I feel like in my, in my memory when this happened, when I was playing the game, I was thinking, is she being making a smart long term play to try to gain his aff- affection and attention and you'll know, buy time for Joel to show up? And as I was thinking that, I think she just fucking breaks his finger. Like, no, uh-huh. I'm just. Yeah. Uh, and she goes for the keys. You know, it's like it wasn't just like a def- necessarily open defiance. She is like and like every time like I, what's so great about Bella is that she is this so such a ferocious person. You know, she's like Wolverine, the comic books It's this this pocket sized battleship. Um, yeah. And she is she's this ferocious intensity. And as soon as David leaves a room, she just like shrinks back into the 14 year old girl but like mm-hmm. also in every spare moment she's like until her fingers are bleeding she's trying to like unscrew the 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 nuts and bolts you know trying every single one that like any advantage she can get it's mm-hmm. not justifying it's all with a little purpose and i i could i just she's indomitable impressed. i mean we've, we've seen that it's kind of, kind of time and time again with joel right joel is like when they first get together joel is very much trying to just keep her at yeah. a distance and mm-hmm. and she just gets in there you know she's she's like tr- trying to work all his weak points too right yeah. and figure out who this guy is trying to get under the the hood on this dude yeah uh she's doing the same thing here just in a different scenario just not well, and giving like, up and then joel is cold that way and she's very hot mm-hmm. You know, oh, like yeah. look at look at how Joel handles Henry and Sam when they got a gun to him. Like he's not given in any inch either, but it's just like right. ice Different cold. Way, though. You know, like I'm I am cool. Everything is fine. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and Bella's just like you know I broke your fucking finger. It's but it's the exact same constant yeah. defiance and not never never quitting, enduring and surviving. Some would say, yeah, that's why it's so effective when it finally works. Uh, the, the other thing about Bella's performance here in this episode is she is asked to do a lot with just her face. Um, in these scenes, it's it's not the line O that really gets me. It's the way her her eyes change. It's the the way her yeah her just entire look changes to say, "I'm starting to believe you." Yeah, uh, and you'll I see it again 
in just an incredible, just one of the best looks I've ever seen uh, at the end of this episode when she sees, when she realizes that it's Joel who's come she up behind her. Him, yeah. There's just a look on her face that's like, it says everything that needs to be said without saying anything. And yeah. she's such a good actor. I'm I'm really blown away by her. Yep. You, you know, coming from her being Lady Mormont in a somewhat unbelievable series of scenes in Game of Thrones, uh, uh-huh. where this very young girl, very young, like uh-huh. 10 years old or something, is expected uh-huh. to act like uh, a Lord Commander of the Nightwatch or something right, and, and right. act without authority. I found it hard to believe that, even though she was doing a, a decent job at it. Here, I believe yeah. every single bit of it. Yep. I I mean, like I said, I, I I don't know if I was wrong to doubt because I didn't really have a lot to go off of. But like right, all right. my fears about Bella being able to be Ellie uh, are absurd at this stage. Uh, and I cannot wait to see her in season two, man. <sighs> the work she's going to be able to do. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move on to Joel finds uh, finding the Silver Lake Resort and discovering its secrets that they're eating people. Three bodies. They're all hung up. And I, like I said, it's like it because I because I so I was trying to think like, OK, like how unhinged are they? Because if you if you're going to save a body to maybe eat later, you kind of should butcher it. Should bleed you should it get out. The, you, yeah. should, you should you like bleed you it. You pigs, should get the guts sure. out of it. You should do you know mm-hmm. have where it's just meat and it's going to freeze there. So like happening. it looks gruesome when you have human beings like they're with their heads cut off and they're strung up uh, and they're gutted and all that kind of stuff. But like that's how you would do it. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's un. If I don't know, and I don't know if that's the unhinged part. Um, <laughs> because because yeah, I Agreed. think you're, you're Agreed, like, yeah. but 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 again, I had to think about that a lot because you go into a barn and there's uh-huh. just people strung up like fucking predator style. Like no, that's just fucking crazy. It's like this isn't mm-hmm. crawling over to someone in you know the plane wreck that died a week ago and is frozen and like taking a strip off their butt and like eating it with the last vestiges of your strength. This is like getting things ready this is sharpening your knives and putting on the apron and um yeah let me ask you this is it necessary for joel to see this because i think the bigger threat here is not in joel's mind is not that they're going to eat ellie the bigger threat is what they're going to do before they kill ellie and and whether or not they eat her is secondary, right? Like they're they're going to probably sexually abuse and then kill her. And Joel has well, stated this fear before sure. in the series. How could you? Yeah. So, so so does it? Does he even need to discover these bodies? I guess is my question. I think it gives a sense of urgency because, like, imagine if he goes into this room and it's a school, you know. With like mm-hmm. bright pictures that obviously kids have like you kind of relax like oh well maybe she fell in with a group that's not like a bunch of and but I don't know what Joel does with that because like imagine him butchering his way into just like Rick's group from Alexandria where they have mm-hmm. Ellie and they're treating her good and she's eating a nice meal he busts into a steakhouse covered in blood and it's kind of like that scene in uh, uh <laughs> what was it the uh, the Suicide Squad. Or these, uh, you know, the the heroes are going through butchering their way into this camp in the jungle, and it turns out they get to it. And it's like the, this is their allies that they've been killing the entire time. Oh Jesus! Like, but I yeah, think yeah. it's supposed to like since because like 
these aren't good people. These are weirdos. And like maybe Joel's trying to like, oh, it's it's a, but like now it's like these are the type of people that eat people. Mm-hmm. So like there's a I think it's supposed to feel a sense of urgency, but it's weird because like again yeah. we're not really in his POV, right? But yeah, we're yeah, but also like he's point. I think it's gonna help him understand uh what like you know like 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 what Ellie was facing here, you know what what kind of fear and trauma maybe. Okay, yeah, I can. Give I'm very curious how they handle of. the next episode. Like, do they talk about this? Joel's not a big I talker. Don't know, man, he's not a very good therapist. Ellie He's doesn't not. seem to communicate well either. Yeah, I think they'll probably let it lie for at least a while. If I had to guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, David and James grab Ellie out of her cage. They're about to chop her up and she tells them she's infected. And so is David because she just bit him. Uh, he refused to believe it's true. And Ellie uses the opportunity as a distraction to put a cleaver in James' neck and run out into the dining area of the steakhouse. Maybe we can talk about this for a second and then get to the climax of the episode. Uh, yeah, this is a classic uh, tainted meat ploy from The Walking Dead, you know, uh, mm-hmm. does does the hail. And it, and it works. It buys her a split second of in a doubt and indecision that she's able to grab that cleaver from Troy and <laughs> bury it right in his neck shoulder assembly. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's done, man. <laughs> and the way she spits back that everything happens for a reason to uh-huh. David's face is so good. It's so good. Yeah, it it serves almost as like a, a statement about the entire show that she just uses the infection as a distraction here. Because I felt that way about most of this show, where the cordyceps stuff is the sideshow the characters are the main show um and you could almost say like it's a distraction at this point like i know i know it's the whole impetus for why they're going where they're going but at the same time i'm much more concerned about who these characters are going to be both to themselves and to each other when they finally reach their destination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than than i am about like whether they'll survive the latest infected attack right yeah uh, and then we get to the final scene here. Uh, Ellie sets the building on fire and hides as David stalks her. Um, she manages to get a cleaver and kill him. And then she wanders out the back of the restaurant where Joel finds her. He hugs her. He tells her it's okay. And they walk off together. Yeah, they kept on, like I said, I think for a person watching this first time, it's like fully affecting. Like they're cutting back and forth to Joel. He's getting closer and closer just as the the danger and Ellie is is seeming, you know, closer and closer. Um, You know, she's literally fighting in a a building that's on fire. Like, you know, like, isn't that like that's like a proverbial expression of a of a futile thing to do something while a building is on fire, like rearranging a deck, you know, like uh, and you're just expecting Joel to come in there and save the day and and uh that's not how it happens um no I just, and all the stuff that like David is like saying you know just keeps getting more entitled more narcissistic more insane uh more like leaning into like you know you I've just changed my mind you do need a father I am going to keep you like it's like a stray pet and I'm going to teach you and 
that's when she gets uh, mm-hmm. gutted and she goes full Rorschach. Oh, yeah. You know, and like, you know, men go to jail, dogs get put down. She like fucking cleavers this guy's head until there's nothing left. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, you, you can just like there's just a primal scream that she's doing it at the, uh, do, doing at the same time. And then Joel grabbing her and her having that same reaction until she she's screaming and thrashing until she sees it's him. And you mentioned that the, it's like it's it's amazing to watch what she's do, doing here because she starts off with like a like a slight hysterical laugh, like you know <laughs> that, that there's like your 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 limbic system is so jacked with mm-hmm. fight flight or fight that like the thing crashing down to like oh my god it's it's Joel like. You know, there's a little bit of almost a laugh before, you know, she completely collapses into him. Um, and like I said, yeah. I this like it, 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 it always gets me. Like I, I watched the scene a couple mm-hmm. times and even when they were like I was in the shower uh, listening to the podcast this morning uh, when they start talking about it, I still got a little caught up because it's just extremely affecting, you know, yeah. uh, just joy no, finding and. Yeah, go ahead. Such go a ahead. big moment. Such a big moment for both of them. Um, and it's su- it comes at such a cost to Ellie. It's it's horrible, but you're glad she made it through um, mm-hmm. to the other side of this. Though I do wonder how this changes her. Because, um, you know, you look back at their fireside chat about the, the horrible things that will happen to her if she is alone. And you see that like in action here, I think Ellie, it, 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 it really became real to Ellie in this episode it, where it wasn't before, before it was like, yeah, I, I know, I know things, things will happen, whatever. It'll be bad here. It's all real and it changes her. I mean, I, it's, it's not just the look that she gives when Joel comes back for her. Um, it's a look she gives after she kills David that just says, it's just it's a trauma face right it's like yeah this is going to (laughs) i i don't i don't want to reduce it to this but you know that moment in video games where they say ellie will remember that or whatever like (laughs) right right that's that's what that look is this is going Mm -hmm. to change her as a person and i'm curious to see how that plays out in the future with, with like i said such an indomitable person if well, she reacts the, strongly to this or if she tries to tuck this all away and and not feel it um mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's interesting uh, to to me to see who ellie's going to be going forward cuz it's not even just the the trauma and the emotional scarring it's like how will she move about in the world now like uh i think this ellie does not either doesn't jump the guys who steal her deer or just kills them in cold blood sure Sure. You know, this person who thinks like you're, you're right to like the sense of invent, like I can't be, you know, I everything's going to work out for me. I'm going to be OK. This like, you know, this adolescent, like not just not fear of death, but like not even conceptual awareness of it. Um, You know, it's like yeah, it, it kind of goes back like to that, that, she's that conversation. Yeah, the conversation that uh, Henry and Joel had about like where you wonder if it's harder for adults because they know this stuff Mm. and you see like the innocence of Ellie where she's just playing soccer in a world where everything is fucked up everything Um, is she going to get colder is she going to come more toward the Joel side of an emotional defense mechanism 
or is she going to continue to be the Ellie we know? I especially I really since don't that's know. the blueprint, right? You know, like she's been yeah. hanging out with Joel, and that's how he does it. Just like shoves it down, shoves it down, uh-huh. build up the walls, don't let anybody in. Right. I mean, think think about how many people you know turn out to be just like their fathers, right? It's because yeah. they have that example, mm-hmm. and this is the example Ellie has. I hope that she, I, I hope that she doesn't follow it, but I w- certainly wouldn't blame her for following it. Because she's just been through something extremely traumatic, and she has this example to look to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But goddamn, man, such a good ending to this episode. And then we got next week. <laughs> I know, and I know that next week is going to be huge, and we're going to have so much to talk about. Yeah, uh, at the it's end of that be the one too. Of all mailbags, I tell you. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Are we ready to initiate the outro sequence? Speaking of, yeah, let's do it. Uh, T-Lou, T-L-O-U at baldmove.com. If you'd like to send feedback, we'll be considering that uh, Thursday. So if you want the, your best shot, make sure you get that at the very latest early Thursday morning, if not Wednesday evening. T-Lou at baldmove.com. Of course, if you want to get rid of ads, if you want to get more uh, special bonus audio content like our Instant Talk editions of our Instant Take podcast, you can support us. And we really appreciate it uh, at uh, support.baldmove.com. You can consider joining the club. And then finally, if you want to find out what we're doing uh, other than The Last of Us, please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash baldmove. Jim and I talk about The Big Lebowski. We saw Creed 3 last week. We're doing The Mandalorian. Uh, about to do Yellow Jackets. We're doing Picard. We're doing so much stuff right now. Oh, it's yeah. actually kind of insane. We got like 12 podcasts coming out. It's too uh, much. Our buddy Pete Pepper's just doing a Breaking Bad rewatch. I just started mm-hmm. Mr. Feeny. We're going to be on that. And all this, we're talking about yep. 80s action television with Jay. Just did the A Team episode. What I'm getting at is like, how, how are you going to keep up with all this stuff unless you go to twitter.com slash baldmove and, uh, and follow us? That's going to be it for this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening again. We really appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to talk to you guys more on Thursday. And then the big event, the finale of The Last of Us and, and our long, probably two year wait for the next one to come out. Uh, starts this Sunday. Be there. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.